For the past four days, 45 kapahaka groups from the length and breadth of Aotearoa have left their blood, sweat and tears on the kapahaka stage. Congratulations to all the winners. But how prevalent is kapahaka? Is it in your world in some form or another? Is it practised regularly? What level of appreciation is there towards kapahaka? And what are the benefits? Te Manatu Taonga, or the Ministry for Culture and Heritage, and Te Matatini commissioned Te Kotahi Research Institute at the University of Waikato to carry out a scoping report about the benefits of kapahaka, which is an art form not just confined to the national matatini stage. Now, there were three strands to the report, the social, economic and educational benefits of kapahaka. Associate Professor Dr Leonie Pihama and Dr Julian Tipine discussed a few of their findings. Uh, Ko te atiawa, ko Ngāti Māhanga, ko Ngāmāhanga Ataidi, oku iwi, uh, ko Ngāti Rāhiri Tōku Hapu, uh, he uri ahau o te maunga tītōhia, mihi atu ki a koutou, ko Leone Pihama tōku ingoa. Ai, kia ora tēnā kōrua. Dr Leone, can you take us back to when um, both these organisations um, approached the the Tikotahi Research Institute? The conversation was held with Te Matatini and the Minister of Culture and Heritage with the University of Waikato, so with Professor Linda Smith, uh, in the role of Waikato being a um, strategic partner for Te Matatini. And so the university had for a number of years been um, both a sponsor of Te Matatini and uh, a partner for the organisation. And so um, a number of conversations, I think, over a few years have been had in terms of how do we come to understand the impact of kapahaka, um, both in terms of well-being for Māori, in terms of cultural identity, uh, and in a broader way, national identity. And if we're going to think about the kind of value and benefit, um, what kind of areas would we need to look at in terms of research? So um, I think uh, over a number of years those con- those conversations happened. Uh, then we um, met initially uh, with uh, well, had a number of conversations with Deepak Evans from the ministry around the need to kind of get an idea or gauge an idea around what kind of research needed to be done. And so we began with the scoping uh, report. So this is really a scoping report with the intention of kind of raising some issues around the value and benefit of kapahaka um, and then looking at what kind of research needs to be done to get a little bit more depth in that area. So one of the things we need to understand in terms of impact, uh, in terms of contribution, in terms of how kapahaka influences how we live, um, and across the across the kind of cultural, social, um, and economic and health outcomes for our for our people, but also uh, in a broader way related to a kind of national identity and what does kapahaka mean for Aotearoa, and in a more global way than how does kapahaka impact in terms of how people see us internationally, our role internationally within. Um, that kind of that kind of tourist trade uh, field, but also in terms of the indigenous relationships that we that we forge culturally um, 
across the world. So it's been a kind of long-term conversation. I think right. that pre, mm. predated my um, involvement with Te Putahi, but it's been very um, consolidated with this report. Specified or, or uh, the Ministry of Culture and Heritage had right. specified three particular um, roke that we were going to concentrate on rather than trying to get out to everybody. <laughs> um, uh, and so it was um, Waikato Tainui, Te Arawa, and um, O Tautahi. And quite deliberately, O Tautahi, because of course they're the hosts for the, uh, the Matatini, but also because of um, the devastation that had occurred there with the earthquake and um, a sense that perhaps that, w- that context, that particular context, um, would have, um, you know, would, would have an impact on their experience of kapahaka or how it may have changed their experience of kapahaka, and we were interested to look at that. Um, yeah, so my role was to uh, go to those areas and along with uh, a colleague and conduct the interviews with uh, particular groups that were identified. Part of the report, Nahua Atani Rore, included frontline accounts of kapahaka. Some participants talked about the economic benefits from running a stall at a kapahaka event to getting paid to perform at local events. Time was another factor that was sacrificed in their commitment of kapahaka, especially time away from whānau and travelling to get to rehearsals. You know, um, stories about communities that perhaps um, at one point were kind of, you know, the the, the general weekend um, consists of, you know, league and then going to the pub or, you know, that was pretty much the dominant culture was just alcohol and, and sport Sports. and then... A kapahaka springs up within the within the mix, and then the whole community just transforms. Or it becomes about you know, kotahitanga, and I mean, still coming together, but in a very positive way. And the health benefits of that, uh, you know, working out together, um, getting stronger together. So yeah, I, um, quite a few kōrero around uh, community transformation. Um, mm. uh, many actually educational benefits. Um, People who, uh, for some young people, you know, tertiary the tertiary pathway wouldn't have been an option, but through uh, the Bachelor of Māori Performing Arts, uh, people are, you know, going into the tertiary uh, realm and and really excelling um, beyond their beyond their expectations. So, yeah, lots of really amazing inspirational stories. I think there's been a real underestimation of the impact of kapaka, and so I think what the scoping report has done is begin to raise um, more of a profile that kapaka is not only, and matatini is not only about getting on the stage in Christchurch. Kapahaka regionally, within kura, um, for whānau, within regions, has a whole range of other things that it does. And so it can reconnect people to home, um, that's a really big 
um, discussion that people would go home, people would travel many hours, they would put a lot of their personal contribution yes. into going home because they knew the power of that connection for them and their tamariki and mokopana. Um, in urban contexts, it's about creating... Uh, a form of whānau that mm. you may not have because you're living away from home, yes. but that the kapahaka group becomes a form of whānau for you or a whānau for you that provides you with a whole range of support um, when you're living outside your own uh, region. And then, um, you know, the impact of kapahaka. So teachers who were also in kapahaka would talk about their own, the way that they integrate that into their learning and the impact of that. So internationally, there's a lot of evidence that shows that cultural interventions are a very powerful buffer um, for many Indigenous communities. And I think there's been a tendency for uh, successive governments and for the system to see kapahaka as just a performing art. But actually, it's more than that. It's a much deeper has a much deeper impact. One issue that was mentioned in the scoping report was the the kupu that comes to mind as tokenistic. That mm. kapahaka is something that kind of sits there and is pulled out, say, for the World Cup, the twenty eleven World Cup, yep. where we saw it. Um, government departments when they have fakato or pohiri for new mm. staff members. What were the feedback or the information that you researched about about kapahaka treated in that light? Well, that was amongst the, you know, the main findings. Yes, um, was identity uh, was very very strong. That kapahaka uh, is hugely beneficial in terms of identity, and that was at a national level as well as at a, a iwi hapu level, and reconnecting people with their iwi and hapu, but. As equally as strongly as identity and tanga were, um, you know, identified as as huge benefits, right after that came, but <laughs> but kapahaka is hugely undervalued, and um, and then that led into um, you know identifying identifying the areas where it is undervalued, and one area was of course in government departments, um, and also at a national level, as Leonie was saying. Um, we don't fully understand, and this includes Māori, um, some Māori as well, don't fully understand the huge benefit of kapahaka, what it really signifies. Um, it's hugely, uh, it's a huge aspect of our connection, like the trade missions that have been set up with China. Um, we're built on the back of, uh, you know, Peter Sharples going overseas and and creating a relationship and mm. taking his kapahaka with him. Um, a lot of people don't actually understand that, don't actually see that. Um, so it, it is just hugely undervalued. Dr Leone? I think that's a, a part of a <clears throat> bigger issue around the, um, you know, the lack of value given to being Māori in this country, to tikanga, to te reo Māori. I mean, I think that the TV3, um, what's happening was kanō on TV3 in terms of the weather is the a really weather, good example words, of that. Yes. The, the kind of backlash that comes very quickly. Whether they're a minority or a majority, it's hard to gauge that kind of backlash, but it's, it definitely happens and it's very vocal. And so I think there is a broader national identity issue that we need to engage um, here or continue to engage, but I think as Māori we've been raising this issue for a very long time. Um, you know, we still tend to have 
um, the haka be an international um, you know, way of icon <laughs> yeah. or representing uh, uh, this country. And the, so the tokenism element is really about saying, you know, we're only valued when the dominant culture tells us we can be valued. And it has to be much more than that because it does have a much bigger impact. Looking more at the benefit of kabaka and te reo and tikanga more generally because it does have a benefit for Aotearoa more generally. It does have an economic benefit. There are countries that want to trade in a way that is very similar to how we operate in terms of respectful um, ways of engaging, mm-hmm. uh, um recognising the mana uh, of each other's cultural framework. So I think that you know, this report does raise those issues, and it is a scoping report, so yes, a lot more yes. work needs to be done. Yep. But it does highlight some really critical areas where work needs to be done, and I think that the long-term benefit is actually a long-term benefit for Aotearoa Whānui. definitely is a showcase of the incredible skill and talent and cultural knowledge that we have as a people uh, and across the many regions and iwi that gather for that. And there is no doubt that there is a boost of pride for Māori generally uh, across Aotearoa and for many others within this country. Um, in the watching and the seeing of that uh, particular national competition. But I think the thing is, uh, and to Matatini and our conversations with the organisation, are very clear that it's not only about that national stage. It's not only about that is like the, um, that is where people aspire to be with their kapaka, yes. mm. but their role is to total and support all the way through. So we've had... You know, most of our team have had tamariki in, you know, kura tuatahi and kura tuarua and farikura. We've been through all the secondary competitions. We've been through regional competitions. Uh, and so you see that in every context. You see the power of that in every context. And I think that what we're saying in this report is that we can harness that in many ways. Uh, that it's not only about a national showcase, um, we can harness the power that comes with how our people engage in kabaka and the power that comes with the pride and the talent and the skill. That, that, that way of being, that level of excellence is transferable in many other contexts. And so in the educational context, it's transferable. It can become a way of engaging learning with our children, with our tamariki, with our rangatahi, in ways that is not actively engaged 
outside of very strong Māori kapaka schools. Mm. Um, it can be engaged in health. So when you mention iron Māori, you know, to some degree, uh, you know, the build-up to matatini is like a build-up to iron Māori. <laughs> That's I mean, right. my, my son is in uh, Tumanakal. He comes back totally wrecked because they just go. You know, they get up, they're on the floor, 8 in the morning, they're on the floor till 10 at night, and they are physically going very hard. And the expectation is that they will be well. Um, Gillian, where does kapahaka start? Does it start in the home? Does it start on the marae? Does it start in schools? Well, that was something that came through as well. Um, while Leonie was talking, I was thinking about that, how um, many of the people that we were interviewed were talking about, you know, let's not just focus on the high-end yes. competitive level of kapahaka, but let's remember that, um, you know, at the grassroots there is community kapahaka, there is school kapahaka, there are all these other areas that need to be just as validly uh, need the support. And without those um, those grassroots movements, uh, you don't have people aspiring to the heights of, of uh, te matatini. Um, and that also fed through the idea of um, hapu-centric uh, groups. So we're at one time... Um, a lot of people joined the big Ngahoe far groups. Uh, now mm. those people are more likely to want to travel uh, to participate in a in a hapu group. So Ngahoe far is um, when you're in a um, say you're from Auckland, yeah, urban, you know, urban, yeah, yes, those urban groups. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there seems to be a bit more of a groundswell of people wanting or you know choosing specifically to. I can think of a friend of mine who travels across to. Uh, Turoturua from Whaingaroa, which is, you know, a wow. good hike every 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 weekend, um, you know, because he he prefers to compete in his home group. People talking about the origins of yes. kapaka. I mean, there are people that, you know, talked about that they were born into it. Mm-hmm. So, wow. so we have generations now of people engaged in kapaka who, through their whānau, being engaged in kapaka, have been basically born into a kapaka group, and they grow up with that group, and they go through the um, the the development of that group, and then they become adults and they become part of that group. Um, and others, uh, by virtue of their their kura, so for example, Natu Manakal, which is a, a, those who are uh, ex pupils or teachers of Wani Waititi, mm-hmm. you know, so they're they're born into it through their kura. And so you're actually finding now that there are there's an intergenerational uh, development. So, and we know them. You know, our people know them. You mention a name, and they can tell you which group they are. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, um, yes. oh, Waka prime example uh, in terms of intergenerational. Been there. Um, with, so the kids uh, of the performers. The the kids are performers. The grandchildren are performers. They, yeah. are, you know, so there's an intergenerational. Way. So when we talk about where do people begin kapaka, well, some of them begin it in the, in womb. the womb. So you'll have a number of uh, yes, hapu women yes. on the stage, and their babies are already building up. So my mokopin <laughs> is one of them. Uh, you know, uh, will be born in April, will be on the stage in March, will be near the, near the stage, you know. So, yes. um, I could be born a bit sooner. <laughs> but there are, there are always, uh, you know, hapu women performing at Matatini.
in terms of getting kapahaka out to the masses, social media is a tool that can do that. Does social media mean that non-Māori who don't know anything about kapahaka can now access it? And how has that impacted upon kapahaka? Yeah, um, it's an interesting question. So there was, uh, we identified in the report that there are pros and cons to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, one young man talked about how he really misses at the end of a performance, you know, you, you'd wait for, for the DVD. a couple of weeks for the DVD to come out and then yes. you'd all sit down together and watch it and experience that moment together as a unit. Now within sort of, you know, five minutes of leaving the stage, it's already circulating. Um, so that kind of, that magic is is being you know corrupted uh, by social media, but then equally, um, particularly for those in Ōtautahi, um who you know because of what's happened there in the last couple of years, there was a bit more disruption. Mm-hmm. It was a bit harder to get hold of venues and things like that. So social media became really integral to their practices. Right. Um, they might all have to individually work at home. Uh, on their routines and then then come together you know when they could and and knit it all together so um it was also because of the kind of um you know the displacement of people through the earthquake um social media became very important just yes. in keeping you know keeping the connect- connectivity for them so pros and cons um I think one of the issues then. that um we really do need to have more conversation around is around the cultural and intellectual property yes. in terms of kapahaka and the ability due to uh, what social media has now and what television and broadcasting, the ability now to broadcast it out to the world within seconds um, and for it to go viral. What mm. does that mean in terms of the potential commodification of image, the potential you know, removal of, of intellectual property rights or cultural property rights. And so I think that's a conversation that does need to be had um, and in more depth, probably more broadly for Māori. But I think that, um, you know, to some degree we get, we lose control with the technology that is present. Even if we think that it's uh, there's one broadcaster broadcasting um, and they have the rights and they they can protect it. There are so many ways through which things can be pirated and put out into other domains. So, I, you know, I think when we, we need to look at that, but then we also need to look on the other side that. And then you say with uh, Ototahi, it's very expensive to travel to Christchurch. Mm-hmm. I think since the earthquake, trying to rebuild that and, and remove people's fears of being in the city is a big deal. Um, but also just the expense for Fano to get there. So less Fano will be able to travel hmm. uh, down to be there. And so our Fano have a right, in my view, to see those performances hmm. and to see all of the performances. So when there was the day, the, the time when only the finals day got broadcast, made it very difficult for those Fano who were not in the finals day of which are the bulk of the teams. Mm. So I think this year it's really great to see um, that all of the days will be broadcast. Broadcast, yes. Yep, and uh, people can listen to them, people can watch them, and they can they can be a part of seeing their own group, whether or not they get to finals day. So, And it's actually that level of uh, exposure of kapahaka that adds, the, um, you know, adds that level of pride of our people. 
in terms of being able to see it wherever they are, be able to watch it wherever they are. I mean, ideally, we should be treating this like a um, any other big national event. Like the Cricket event. World Cup. Yes. Yeah, we should be having it all over the place. We should be <laughs> At having least. big screens in the middle of uh, the viaduct, you know, yeah, where yeah, people yeah, can yeah. go and gather and watch. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Leone, as you said before, um, uh, yeah, there's still more. This is a scoping report. What now for Te Malatu Taonga and Te Matatin in terms of their role after this was launched last year? Well, the report um, belongs to Te Matatini yes. and the ministry, so it's been uh, formally handed over to them. Um, in the back of the report, there are a range of uh, potential research areas mm. uh, for development and where they could look at collaborations with that. Um, so really, I think that they are still with the... Um, because it was handed over at the end of the year and then with the build-up to the Matatini, I think it's um, been distributed but really kind of sitting there until after the big event. Yes. And then I think they'll begin to look through and talk with other ministries and other agencies around how some of that work can be advanced.